0: This is a Your Queer Story Politisode with host Evan Jones, covering LGBTQ plus politics and policies in America and occasionally around the world. Join me now as we delve into what's happened in this last month in the world of queer politics. All right, Queer and welcome to another Politisode episode. If you did not catch the date night with Sam and Evan, our first one, I really encourage you to go back and check that out. Um, That segment is new to the Your Queer Story library, Um, our schedule, agenda, whatever you want to call it. We are mixing things up on Your Queer Story, and we are going to be giving you some more relaxed episodes. So the Date Night with Sam and Evan is where we discuss queer culture and events and media and all those fun things. The Politisode episodes will become more frequent where I talk about queer politics and policies. And then, of course, Paul and I are still here giving you queer history as always. We're just mixing it up a little bit, partly because we needed to change. We really did. And we want to expand. Your queer stories growing. And partly because Paul and I are very busy. And so we needed to have some more relaxed fits. Uh, I love doing the research for the queer history episodes i absolutely do but i want to make sure that the research i'm doing for you all is good is valid that you can trust what you're hearing and i'm becoming more busy and paul is becoming more busy and because of that we don't have quite as much time to devote to research as i did in the past so i know that i can give you two and possibly three really solid queer history episodes each month but um, in order to have the time to do that and in order to continue producing regular content for you all we have to be able to do some more relaxed things and I think it's fun to talk about these relaxed fit maybe maybe you have a partner or a friend who's not really that into history but maybe they want to hear about queer culture or maybe they're really into politics so this is just expanding the world that is queer that is your queer story. And yeah, so here we are in another politisode. If you didn't listen to last month's on trans legislation, it was a little bit different format than what our standard will be going forward, but I definitely encourage you to check that out. So we will be doing this in chunks, just like the Sam and Evan date night, because I like to mix things up. And so we're going to start with our first segment, the bizarre story of the month. The scope of it is so broad as it is. But if you live in another part of the world and you have something that's going on, especially if you want to bring attention to something, please email us at yourqueerstory@gmail.com. At Go online to Twitter or Instagram. I don't know what's going on with messages on Facebook. I really apologize if you have tried to send us a message in the last month. They changed how you can do messages on pages, and Paul and I are still trying to figure that out. So I do apologize if you send a message on Facebook. I really suggest you try to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or email us at yourqueerstory at gmail.com. But go ahead, send us a message, and let me know if there's something you want to bring awareness about because I'm all about talking about it. But I want to talk today about the New Jersey assistant principal and his wife who got in a fight at a restaurant in New Jersey about a trans woman going to the restroom in the restroom, which is where people go to the bathroom. I'm not going to tell you everything that happened in the video. If you've ever seen any kind of transphobic video in your life, and especially in the last four years, then you probably know exactly what happened. The principal's wife went to the restroom, she saw a trans woman, she freaked out, and then she decided to go outside and tell everyone about the tragedy that she had experienced in the most transphobic way possible. Walking around the restaurant, yelling at other customers, saying these transphobic things, demanding that she receive some help for what she's experienced. Then she realized that she was being filmed. And so her husband who is an assistant principal in at the Neptune Middle School in Monmouth County, New Jersey, walked up to the people who were filming with a full cup of beer and threw it on the people. And then they both walked away, I'm sure, believing that they had done their civic duty to warn people. Of course, what's most harmful is what happened to this poor woman who was, and I'm referring to the trans woman, who was just trying to go to the bathroom, just trying to enjoy a meal, go to the restroom, and all of a sudden she is confronted and harassed and humiliated out of the restaurant. When it says that by the time the principal's wife had uh, started going on her rant a second time that the trans woman had left, there are two women who are using the restroom and one is trying to pee and the other one is trying to be an obnoxious asshole. The principal, of course, has since apologized and Says that he just got out of hand and he's usually so calm, cool, and collected. But we see this all the time. Honestly, the amount of stories that I've heard of principals taking it upon themselves to harass trans students, to confront trans students, to flat out bully, intimidate, and even assault trans students is incredible. I don't know what is going behind the hiring process, but honestly, what the fuck, New Jersey? Monmouth County, New Jersey. This has got to be changed, and by change and resolve, I mean this principle has got to go. You cannot think for a second that it is safe for any queer student, especially trans and non-binary gender non-conforming queer students, to be in your middle school with this man in charge. You cannot think that is safe. A sensitivity training is not going to fix this. This was not just a woman making a comment in passing, which is it's it's awful in itself. But then to go in front of all these people and to yell and Scream about the fact that a trans woman would dare to go to the restroom next to her to, to harass and humiliate this poor woman in front of an entire restaurant of other people The for the principal to come up and assault the people who were filming his wife's meltdown. How can you say that that person is safe in any sense? The lie that he is so calm and collected, I'm sorry, sir, you're not. Both of you have some serious biases, some serious prejudice, and some serious transphobia and probably homophobia and queerphobia. It is not safe for this individual to be around children, not in a setting that's academic where kids need to be able to thrive and they cannot thrive when they know for sure for a fact that their principal does not support them and who they are. That their principal will not take their side. That their principal's wife could attack them in their own restroom at school because of her biases, because of her prejudices. So, anyways, I hope the, the county school board does the right thing and removes the principal. And I feel, and for the woman who had to experience and endure this, my heart goes out to you. I am so sorry. And now... I'm going to move on to some better news, which is our monthly LGBTQ Politician Spotlight. Our spotlight each month will feature an LGBTQ plus politician who is making history, making waves, or just, you know, being queer and being a politician, which is something that until a few decades ago, we didn't see. I mean, if you want to count Barney Frank as one of the, the first openly LGBTQ politicians in America. We can go back several decades, but for the most part, it's really only in the last 10 and 20 years that we've seen any kind of representation in our local politics and in our state-level politics and, of course, in a federal-level politics. And so we just want to pull attention to those people. This week we're spotlighting Richie Torres of New York City. Richie is one of the first openly gay black Latino men to be elected to Congress. He won a seat in 2020. He won it the same year that Mondaire Jones won his. So together, the two men were the first openly black gay men. Richie also is a Latino man. And so both of them made history in that respect. This week, he was in the news for two reasons. Number one, he was calling out the New York PD's use of surveillance, requiring that they report their surveillance to homeland security you might have seen that video of the robotic dog which is absolutely terrifying not the dog itself but just the fact that the new york pd thinks that sending this dog out into the streets and using that as surveillance the idea behind it i mean you want to talk about big brother (laughs) i don't think we ever envisioned it was going to be mechanical dogs chasing us through the street trying to film us but on top of all of that the incredible waste of money i mean if If nothing shows you how ridiculous police budgets are, that robotic dog should. We are seeing black Americans, Latinx Americans being killed on the streets every single day. Police budgets are completely ridiculous, completely out of control. And yet the NYPD has the money to spend on a robotic dog, which is absolutely ridiculous. I will say I am surprised that Torres in one of the poorest districts in the country, uh, Torres, who's a man who grows up as a black Latino gay man, does not support defunding the police. I don't know if that's just a political stance because his district does not fully support defunding the police. He even rejected a, a proposal to cut it down by 50%. I am surprised by that. You all know our feelings here on Your Queer Story. We believe that the police should be abolished, not just defunded. But I do think we should continue to follow Richie, see where his career takes him, see what happens, and see how the conversation around defunding and possibly abolishing the police continues to evolve. Either way, he has made history. He has worked to confront some of the serious issues in his district. In particular, child poverty. He's working to expand the child tax credit. So only a couple months in, already making some good work. And so that is your spotlight for this week. And now we're going to go on to our main event. The reason that you're all here, probably, maybe not at all, we're going to talk about Caitlyn Jenner running for governor. If you somehow missed the news, and I don't know how you would have. I guess if you didn't check any news online, if you stayed off of social media, somehow you might have missed that Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. What I really came here for is to address the way some people are switching and trying to make it seem like Jenner running is going to be bad for the trans community. And and it is, but that's not why she shouldn't run. So if you're not aware, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom has faced some really harsh from both sides, the 2020 election, and a lot of people who were Trump supporters or who were just Republican supporters, and which really was both in 2020, a lot of folks very upset by Trump's loss, have challenged elections across the country and have challenged their leaders across the country, especially conservatives challenging Democratic leaders, feeling the loss of power that they had maintained for four years. Now they're feeling the pendulum swinging back to the other side. And so there has been a lot of calls for removal of political officers. And one of the largest has been the state of California. And again, Newsom has had some Honest critiques of his work. And I'm not talking about the way that he's cracked down on California. It's the largest state in the country. And there have been high spikes of COVID-19 in that state since the beginning of the pandemic. Been high deaths, high sicknesses. And so there's definitely some concerns there. There's also been the ongoing fight with around wildfires and a host of other issues that have drawn concern. As of right now, 56% of Californians still believe that Newsom should not be recalled, but there is a growing majority that are calling for his removal enough so that they've collected enough signatures to officially have a recall in the state of California. This has to be confirmed. We won't know for sure until the very end of the month, which is the end of this week, but it is almost certain that California will have another, a recall election At the end of this year, which is exactly what it sounds like, where a sitting leader is then held to another re-election that is not in line with the traditional re-election schedule. A lot of Republicans have thrown their hat into the ring. This is not the first time this has happened in California. California has a history of this. This is actually how Honor Schwarzenegger first became governor of California because there was a recall election. But at that time, there were, Davis was much more unpopular than Newsom. Newsom is not very popular, but he's not as unpopular as Davis was. And the entire spectacle was quite a circus as the word that's often been used to describe the 2003 gubernatorial recall election in California. People aren't anticipating that kind of a spectacle here this year. A lot of people think it's unlikely that Newsom will be unseated, but I will say I wouldn't underestimate the conservative rights ability to mobilize and their desire to find some kind of justice in what they feel has been the election fraud of 2020, which is a lie. It is an outright lie. But The conspiracy theory is still running strong in these conservative circles. And of course, one of the people to throw her hat into the ring for no reason at all was Caitlyn Jenner. There are a thousand reasons why Caitlyn Jenner shouldn't run for governor. Off the top of my head, number one would be the fact that she has absolutely no political experience. Even if you are going to look at other celebrities like Reagan and Schwarzenegger who did run successful campaigns, they were also two individuals who were heavily involved in politics before they ever ran their own gubernatorial and eventually Reagan's presidential campaign. There is a history of celebrities becoming very involved in politics, and by involved, I mean actually taking part—not craft legislation, but to gain support for legislation, working on campaigns, meeting with policymakers. There's been a, a, a there has been a long history. In fact. Uh, to be honest, I would say that Kim Kardashian, Caitlyn Jenner's daughter, has done more in the realm of politics than Caitlyn Jenner herself. And I don't want Kim Kardashian running for go- governor, but I would think that she was more qualified than Caitlyn. Another reason that Caitlyn Jenner has no business being governor, she has no has not taken part in any elections. It doesn't seem that she has avoided Voting in elections because she is trying to oppose the system or take a moral stance. She just simply doesn't care because she's too privileged to care. She's lived her life, especially her adult life, in wealth and prestige. As coming out as a trans woman, she has definitely faced discrimination and harassment, but she does have her wealth and her notoriety to kind of cocoon some of the things. And it does expose her to some more federal and worldwide level harassment. I'm not going to belittle the horrible things that have been thrown at Caitlyn Jenner since she had the courage to come out as herself. But I am also going, not going to ignore the fact that having all that wealth and having all of that fame does not also help support you. Everybody else who's trans and living in and breathing in this world does not have the ability to sneak away to the Swiss Alps for six months to kind of get away from the world. Most of us just have to keep showing up at work and keep plowing through. And it's not Caitlyn Jenner's fault that she's obscenely wealthy. My point still stands. My point is that Caitlyn Jenner has a privilege, continues to have a privilege. She's still a white woman in America. She is a trans woman. She does face discrimination, but she does not understand what the average trans person faces. She definitely doesn't understand what queer people of color face. And she has made that very apparent in some of the stupid things she has said and in some of the people that she supported, including Donald Trump. My whole point of growing off on this rabbit trail was to say that Caitlyn Jenner hasn't even voted in two thirds of the elections in the last 20 years. She's not a woman who has been invested in politics. She only said that stuff about Donald Trump because people seem to care what she thinks. She didn't even actually vote for Donald Trump. She didn't vote for anyone in 2016. And then in 2018, when Donald Trump came out, when it was so obvious that Donald Trump was not going to support LGBTQ people, which every person knew, when that was obvious, then she suddenly turned and she cast aside her support for him. But she didn't cast aside her support for the Republican Party, which is the party that is actively working to discriminate against LGBTQ and specifically, or not specifically, especially the trans and gender nonconforming population. Everything that Caitlyn Jenner does, again, comes from this privileged perspective, which is why she's one of those people that can be fiscally conservative and socially progressive. It is not often that you see white people who aren't wealthy who run that line. A lot of white wealthy people talk about how they're so socially progressive, they're just fiscally conservative. And what that really means is I want to protect my wealth and I want to protect my status. And sure, I'll believe in your rights to be you, but am I going to support any measures that actually help you access equality? No. I'm not going to change the way I live my life so that you can be equal. That's basically what that means in a nutshell at least from a white, rich perspective. In addition to all of this, the fact that Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican is rare in itself. I mean, 50% of registered LGBTQ voters are Democrats. Then you have the other half, which is a mix of Republican, Independent, and other party voters. She consistently stands on a side that opposes her own people, and yet is consistently looked at as a spokesperson for her people and to be fair, the LGBTQ community has repeatedly said Caitlyn Jenner does not stand for us. Caitlyn Jenner does not represent us. People don't care about that. But I will address one argument that is being used that I do think is very wrong and very harmful, and that is the argument that if Caitlyn Jenner runs for governor, she will be weaponized against the trans community. She probably will, but that's not Caitlyn Jenner's fault. Of all the things that are Caitlyn Jenner's faults, and of all the reasons that Caitlyn Jenner should not run for governor has no business running for governor. The fact that she is trans has nothing to do with it. I don't care if someone weaponizes Caitlyn Jenner against us. That is not Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, I care, but it's not Caitlyn Jenner's fault. No person should ever not be able to run because their status might be weaponized against a group of people. That is transphobic. If you told Kanye that he shouldn't run for president because he's black and it'll be used to make black Americans look bad, that is a racist ideology. That is a racist idea. Caitlyn Jenner being told that she can't run because her transness might hurt us or that she could, should consider how her run might affect the LGBTQ community is transphobic and it's homophobic and it's queerphobic. And we're not going to buy into that line of reasoning. Caitlyn Jenner shouldn't run for president or shouldn't run for Governor. Sorry, I'm just anticipating a few years when she does decide to run for president. Caitlyn Jenner should not run for governor because she has no business running for governor. No business whatsoever because it is obvious just another reason that she wants to stay in the news. And I am referring to all the times where she has done stupid things to say in the news. Obviously, I am not addressing the very transphobic and bullshit lie that she transition because she wanted to stay in the news, which is the most, which is equally as ridiculous as the idea of Caitlyn Jenner running for governor. So When you're writing and talking about that, please don't bring that argument up. It's not a good argument. It doesn't help anyone. And it continues to perpetuate this idea that LGBTQ people are a monolith, that we vote as a monolith, and that we should be represented as a monolith because we're not. It continues to perpetuate the idea that when an LGBTQ person does want to make career decisions or any decisions in their life, that they should have to consider how their decision is going to affect the group as a whole. Queer people want to be free just like everyone else, which means we want to do dumb things like run for governor when we have no political experience just like everyone else. If Donald Trump can run for president with no political experience, then yeah, Caitlyn Jenner can run for governor with no political experience, and all we can do is hope that the people of California are not going to fall for that horrible, horrible choice. Anyways. That has been me today on your Politisode. Thank you for joining me. We will be back every month, and I look forward to continuing our discussion.